Hello and welcome to the End of Days podcast. Let me start off by asking a question. You ever wonder what it would be like to live in a time of revival? A time when the Spirit of God was moving through many people. People were getting saved. People were getting healed. Christians were bold, sharing the gospel, active in the community. What it would be like to maybe live in the times of the book of Acts? I believe it shows what the church can do, the people of God can do when they are all involved and when they're all having the mentality of being hands-on when it comes to ministering, when it comes to being involved in the community. It seems to me that in that book of Acts, it shows the time when there were no Christian spectators, at least not many, that many of the church at that time they showed their love to one another openly sharing their goods with each other sharing their love with each other uh, being one family all together in unity and in spite of Christianity being so divided in America we've actually had times of great revival great awakenings they call them uh, one of which happened In the years of 1830 to 1840, a great awakening happened back then. And also, they had the Azusa Street Revival that happened around 1906 or so in the city of Los Angeles. And also, in the 1970s, there was the Jesus Movement. In fact, there was a movie that you should see that's very good called The Jesus Revolution. So, read that movie and check it out. It should be on Netflix. And sadly, though, All these revivals and awakenings are in our past, in our distant past. I think we're due to have another one. I believe that the times that we're living in today is a wake-up call to the church. That church business as usual isn't going to cut it. The devil is too active. As the Bible says, the devil knows that we're living in the last days and his time is short so he is more full of wrath well if the devil knows his time is short then the church have to know that you know our time is now what are we going to do with the time that we've been given what are we going to do in the times that we're living in we're truly living in times when the church isn't even a factor. Now, when I'm saying church, first let me define the term according to the Bible. Uh, it says in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 18, that Christ is the head of the church. That's the church I'm talking about. And also in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 22, let's go ahead and read that verse. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 it says hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all so the church that I'm talking about is the church that we all need to be a part of it's a spiritual group a spiritual organization so to speak over which Christ is the head and we are the body. And although a lot of us go to different churches by different names, 
our loyalty and our devotion is to Jesus Christ. That even if our group, independent group or denomination would go to straight, go astray, we're, we still have our devotion and dedication to Jesus Christ because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And no one gets to the Father except by him, period. No matter what group that you are part of, we need Jesus. Even if you have to leave the group that you are a part of, we still need Jesus. And being part of this spiritual organization, this spiritual group, is like being part of a track team where you have you know, the sprinters, you got the distance runners, uh, you got the pole vaulters, uh, you got somebody that throws the shot put. And all these are like specific things that each individual members of the team do. But you'll notice that on the team, there's nobody that's called to do nothing. Every part of the team has a job to do. So it is in Christianity. Let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. And let's look at verse 4. Romans 12, 4. It says, For as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office or the same job. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. There we go again, body of Christ. And every one members one of another. In other words, we're all one team. We're all part of the body of Christ. Yet we all don't do the same thing because we don't have the same skill set, the same talents, the same gifts. Let's also read verse 6. It says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us. For the prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering or he that teaches on teaching and so on. It goes on. So in other words, all of us have a job to do. All of us have a role to play. Let's find out what that role is and do it. And still there may be someone who say they don't have any gifts or they don't have any abilities. Well, let me say and reassure you that the greatest ability that you can have is availability. Just open yourself up to God and ask God, what would you have me to do? And God will point you in the right direction. Trust him. I don't know, some people think that, you know, they're worried that God might have them do something weird. You don't do anything weird, do you? But God will have something for you to do that will be a perfect fit for you. And that will bring you a lot of joy. And you'll be like, wow, I wish I would have known this sooner. In fact, now let's look at the book of Philippians, chapter 2, and verse 13. It says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. In other words, it is God that, well, as it says, God is working in you. It is God that is working in you. God is unlimited. God is mighty. God is strong. And God can use you no matter who you are or where you are because it is God that's working in you 
both to will, to give you the will to do it, and also the ability to do of his good pleasure. So you're not on your own to have to figure something out. Just seek God and allow God to work in you. And you'll be surprised what God can do with a little person like you. Because he's done a lot through a little person like me. And to be used by God is both awesome and humbling because you know that you're not doing this in your own strength, that whatever you're doing is not just you, that it is God that's working in you and with you and through you to touch other lives. And that's an amazing and wonderful thing. It's a good feeling and an honor to serve the King. Let's also look at the book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Verse 21 says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, or not everyone that calls Jesus Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty scary. There's a lot of people confessing the, to love the Lord and to, to know Jesus, but a lot of them, they're not going to enter the kingdom. Well, what does it say here? But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven, See, that's the person that will enter the kingdom. Let's look at it again. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. See, we have to be all about doing the will of the Father, the will of God. And once again, as being part of the body, not everybody is doing everything the same. You have a specific gift a talent, a calling. God has a, a mission and a plan for your life. It's important too to realize that we're not trying to earn our way into heaven by doing good works. The works that Christians, that believers do is because they are saved, not to be saved. Let's look at the book of Ephesians now, chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. See, he's given this gift to you. Verse 9 says, not of works, lest anyone should boast or anyone should have bragging rights. Because we're all fellow, fellow servants together, working for the cause of Christ. Verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, we are saved by the grace of God reaching down and through us reaching up through faith that we're able to receive this gift of God. It's not something that we earned. It is what God has given us. And it's because we have this salvation. We have this gift of God. We become changed people. We're looking now to serve God and not serve ourselves. Echoing the words of Christ who said, I'm not here to do my will, but I'm here to do the will of him that sent me. And so it is with us. We're not here on earth to do our will. We're here to serve God and do the will of God. Because doing the will of God on earth 
will have an eternal reward. And it doesn't even seem fair, does it? We spend such a little time on earth and eternity is, is eternal in heaven. That doesn't seem like a good trade-off. But yet that's God's plan for us to spend our time in service to him on earth and we can have the rest of eternity with him. So let me encourage everyone, don't wait for revival. Be the revival. You and I can be the revival that the world needs right now, starting with us and what we're going to do. And just like they say there's no I in team, there is an I in revival. And that I is you. That I is me. So let us be the revival. And who knows? Maybe this right here can start. Can start to snowball and become a big, big deal in America. But it starts with I. It starts with us. And it starts with you. God bless you.